From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. You've picked it in one. It is the WIA National News and it is for week commencing June 20, 2021. I'm Graham VK4BB here in Brisbane and here in Brisbane. Nokia has just deployed Australia's first interleave passive active antenna in suburban Yorongpili. The antenna helps ease site-related challenges, accelerating the introduction of 5G services across the country by allowing 5G upgrades to existing sites by simply replacing existing antennas with a similar size unit that supports all legacy technologies, as well as the 5G massive MIMO active antenna, all in a single compact solution. Critical.com says by utilising this solution, deployment challenges may be overcome that typically hinder the introduction of 5G in Australia. Straight into WIA News and WIA's Bill Roper, honoured by an OAM. More of that story in a moment. Australia's WIA offers help to the Australian Maritime College with the implementation of the 2x1 contest call signs. Trent VK4TS will have that story and WIA Director Oscar VK3TX will have a brief look at how IARU continues engagement in the WRC23 preparations. But to our OAM item, here's Ian VK3JS. Hello listeners. The name Bill Roper VK3BR will be known to quite a few particularly older operators in the hobby today. Bill had the great honour of being the recipient of an Order of Australia medal announced last weekend in the Queen's Birthday Honours list. And we in the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club send Bill our very, very sincere best wishes on this most prestigious award. Bill has been an experienced banker for most of his life and has continued his contact with the bank through editing a magazine for retired bank officers. He started doing that in 2002. Also, he edits a magazine, Old Timers News, for the Old Timers Club. Bill has been a committee member of RAOTC since 2000, edited of Old Timers News, the twice-yearly journal of the Old Timers Club from sometime in the 1990s. He is currently membership secretary, a former president of the club, a former secretary and a life member of the Old Timers. But Bill has not confined his efforts just to the Old Timers. For quite a few years, he was heavily involved in Wireless Institute of Australia activities. He was the federal office manager from 1989 to 1993, the assistant editor of Amateur Radio from 1972 to 1978, treasurer of the Victorian Division, 1962 to 1972, and appointed a life member in 2005. All the best to you, Bill. Our very sincere congratulations on the award and we hope that you will have many happy years yet to pursue your interest in and support of Amateur Radio. The Wireless Institute of Australia, WIA, has offered to help the Australian Maritime College with the implementation of the 2x1 contest call signs. 
COVID and other workload-related delays have impacted the start and issuing of the new 2 by one callsign block allocations, which were announced in December 2020 by AMC as being available when ready to issue these callsigns. For several years, the WA has conducted an annual contesting champion trophy, the Peter Brown VK4PJ, and the applicable scoring ranks Australian contesters as per activity. The WA contest uh, champion is awarded annually to the best combined effort in WAA contests. The WAA has offered to get the 2 by one call signs up and going in a very short period owing to the existing robust systems in place from when the WA implemented the exam system. We have a fully functioning online 2 by one call sign availability checker for use running right now. And you can also find out if you qualify for a 2 by one contest call meeting the pro- proposed criteria uh, on our online site. The 2x1 callsign recommendation is literally instantaneous based on the applicant's qualification by an inbuilt automatic criteria checklist function within the administration process. And once it's approved, it is envisaged that a callsign recommendation form will be automatically completed and downloaded as a PDF for direct emailing to AMC by the applicant for swift processing by the ACMA. The WA looks forward to working together with AMC in this matter for the benefit of all Australian amateur radio contest operators. This has been Trent, VK4TS. IARU continuous engagement in the WRC23 preparations. IARU has been continuously engaging in the ITUR WRC23 preparations during May 2021. IARU provided a contribution putting forward the agreed preliminary IARU positions for different agenda items. IARU's overall objective is to safeguard the allocations to the amateur and amateur satellite services in the co- and adjacent frequency bands within the scope of each agenda item. If you are interested in IRAU's agenda for the next World Radio Conference, please visit the IRAU webpage. This is Oscar VK3TX for WIA National News. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. Hi, and commencing this week's VK1WIA International News from Region 1. On June the 12th, the IARU Region 1 workshop on the future of amateur radio continued with a session addressing strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. Societies addressing the future of amateur radios prepared SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats on amateur radio. A photographic slide showing the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats identified from the survey held by the RSGB and other member societies can be seen on the link we like in this week's text edition of news from your VK1 WIA. Bouvet Island, a sub-Antarctic volcanic island, is in the South Atlantic Ocean at the southern end of the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, making it the world's most remote island. Uninhabited, it's an island annexed by the Norwegians, and it will appear it will be uninhabited for some time. Three Yankee Zero Juliet de-expedition to Bouvet Island has been cancelled. The Intrepid DX Group announced it has cancelled the long-anticipated three Yankee Zero Juliet de-expedition to Bouvet Island. The de-expedition team had planned to travel to Bouvet via the RV Braveheart, owned by Nigel Jolly, Kilo 6 November Romeo Juliet. Jolly has told the de-expedition that Braveheart is being sold and he's cancelled its contract for the 3Y0J voyage. 
the D Expedition, said that it has stopped accepting donations and will refund 100% of the donations using the same method they were received. The process will take several weeks to sort out, so please be patient, the announcement said. To Region 2, fly me to the moon, or was it a bit of a hoax? Although five amateurs were named as taking part in the transfer of Bitcoin using EME, some say, no way, Jose. WIA National News ran the story which we sourced from Currency Analytics, but Dale Hughes, Victor Kilo One Delta Hotel, did some investigating and in part received a note from Edson, Papa Yankee 2, Sierra Delta Romeo, pointing out how the Brazilian equivalent of our WIA, LABRE, has had to declare the following. International legislation, specifically the Radio Regulations RR1-1 Item 1.56 of the International Telecommunications Union states that amateur radio service stations must operate without pecuniary interest. That is, without pecuniary interest. It's also important to state that the experimental nature of the amateur radio service does not extend to the point where it can accommodate pecuniary use even if it's on an experimental and eventual basis. Thus, in line with Brazilian and international legislation, which is crystal clear on this point, Labre condemns the use of amateur radio bands for validation, implementation or any other use that involves money, even if it does not characterise profit and recommends to Brazilian radio amateurs and other radio operators who do not practice or participate in any such experiment under the penalty of being sanctioned by the law. The solar scientist who's been bucking the tide of pessimism from most of his colleagues and predicting a huge sunspot cycle continues to see lots and lots of spots in the future. According to spaceweather.com, Scott McIntosh of the National Centre of Atmospheric Research in Colorado, USA, along with colleague Bob Lehman of the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, are predicting that a Terminator event in which oppositely charged magnetic fields collide near the sun's equator and annihilate each other will be occurring soon. This is a normal occurrence between solar cycles, they say, but the key to predicting the strength of the new cycle lies in the timing between the Terminator events. The longer the time between them, the weaker the new cycle will be. They're predicting a short 10 years between the previous Terminator event and the upcoming one, and McIntosh says if the Terminator event happens soon as we expect, new solar cycle 25 could have a magnitude that rivals the top few since record-keeping began. And rounding up this week's international news from Region 3 in New Zealand, call book 2021-2022. Good news for our ZL viewers, NZART have announced that a full paper version call book will be produced this year and included with their November-December issue of Break-In Magazine. For WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. Fox Mike Hotel Challenge. Once again this week, wherever you are reading or listening to this WIA news, Get ready for the return of the Fox Mike Hotel Portable Ops Challenge, September 4 and 5. 
Hey, you going to do this thing, the Portable Operations Challenge? I'm not sure. Don't the big stations always win these things? No, not this one. They level this all up by how they score the contacts. Well, I bet the big boys are sweating a bit now. The little stations have a chance if they're a good operator. But I'm in. Can we do it anywhere outdoors? Yeah, that's why it's the Portable Operations Challenge. Let's just go and show them what the small station can do. It'll really set the cat amongst the pigeons. Radio sport and a level playing field, I call that. Radio sport is about competition, and you've been challenged. See foxmikehotel.com stroke challenge for details. The contest is designed to create equal operating conditions between portable and fixed stations. Winter VHF UHF field days, June 26-27, is next weekend, and also in Australia it's the Peel Amateur Radio Group's June Slow CW Contest. With more, here is David VK6ARG. Following the success of the first Park Slow CW Contest, the club has organised another event from 1900 to 2100 hours Western Standard Time on Saturday, 26th of June 21. Lock the date and time in your calendar now so you don't miss it. The first contest attracted participants from all over VK land and the club thanks all those who join in and welcome their participation again. The purpose of the contest is to encourage people to have a go and enjoy playing with Morse code. Experienced Morse operators are more than welcome to join in the fun. Shortwave listeners are also catered for. Please visit our website www.parg.org.au and look for the SCW June 21 page. You'll find the rules, helpful hints and a logger. The club hopes to see you, or should that be hear you, on the 26th of June from 1900 to 2100 hours Western Standard Time. Happy CWM to all. David from the Peel Amateur Radio Group 73s and did it. Thanks, David. Now the DX window. United Arab Emirates, A6. A65IX from Dubai has been heard on 40 and 20 metres CW and SSB. QSL route 2E0MMU. Active is XV9RH from Hanoi and will remain in Vietnam until the 26th of June. CW and FT8 on the 20 to 10 metre bands. Be listening for Adrian, F4IHM, who is using the call sign 5UAIHM until June 27 from Niger. He is on the 40 and 20 metre bands using CW and SSB. 5UAIHM is the unusual but correct call sign. QSL to F4IHM, direct or by the Bureau. In Scotland, listen for Paul, G4PVM. Actually, maybe I should say, from Scotland, listen for Paul. He will be using the call sign GM4PVM from the Island of Lismore, IOTA, EU008, between June 29 and July 4. Paul will be on 40 to 10 metres, both CW and SSB. Send QSLs via LOTW, EQSL or Club Log, if 4 iota points. Finally, a reminder again this week of VK20 Home. Don't forget that the WIA special event call sign VK20 Home is still available for members who wish to use until December 31, 2021. Check the wia.org.au website and special event pages to book your time slot for the use of VK20 Home. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Rewind. With Rewind, I'm John Knox.
VK4FJRK. This year, many amateur radio stations will be celebrating the anniversary of crossing the Atlantic by radio. Some celebrating 100 years, others 120. So, what's in a date? Well, the answer lies in the small print of just what the special event stations are celebrating. Chronologically, we discover that on December the 12th, 1901, was the first radio transmission sent across the Atlantic Ocean when Italian physicist and radio pioneer Guglielmo Marconi, disproving detractors who told him that the curvature of the Earth would limit transmission to 200 miles or less. The message, simply the Morse code signalled for the letter S, travelled more than 2,000 miles, pulled you in Cornwall, England, to Newfoundland, Canada. He set up a specially designed wireless receiver in Newfoundland using a coherer, a glass tube filled with iron filings, to conduct radio waves and uh, balloons to lift the antenna as high as possible. The signals being sent in Morse code from England. Marconi later wrote about the experience and he said, Shortly before midday, I placed a single earphone to my ear and started listening. The receiver on the table before me was very crude, a few coils and condensers and a coherer. No valves, no amplifiers, not even a crystal. But I was at last on the point of putting the correctness of all my beliefs to the test. The answer came when I heard, faintly but distinctly, did it did. I handed the phone to my assistant, George Kemp, and I said, can you hear anything? Yes, Kemp said, the letter S. He could hear it. I knew then that all my anticipations had been justified. The electric wave set out into space from Poldew had traversed the Atlantic, the distance, enormous as it seemed then, of 1,700 miles, unimpeded by the curvature of the Earth. The result meant much more than the mere successful realisation of an experiment. As Sir Oliver Lodge has stated, it was an epoch in history. I now felt for the first time absolutely certain that the day would come when mankind would be able to send messages without wires, not only across the Atlantic, but between the farthermost ends of the Earth. 120 years, December this year. So what's being celebrated this year? A hundred years ago, December the 12th, 1921, Paul Godley, 2ZE, who had been sent by the ARRL overseas and was listening in Ardrossan, Scotland, received the first transatlantic radio signals from an amateur station transmitted by 1BCG in Greenwich, Connecticut. Eight other radio amateurs of the United Kingdom also correctly copied the transmission from the United States. Godley, using 2ZE, also heard several other amateur radio transmissions from North America during his stay. A hundred years, December this year, to celebrate the first one-way amateur radio signal across the Atlantic that took place on the 12th of December 1921, the ARRL have joined with a group of UK operators who plan to recreate the event in December this year. To celebrate the centenary of Paul Godley's 2ZE success in collaboration with special event stations GB2ZE and GB100ZE, respectively, will be operating from the 1st to the 28th of December 2021. With Rewind, I'm John Knox, VK4FJRK, looking forward to our next historical meeting. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. 
Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hi everyone, welcome to the segment. First up, it's ATV. Hamvention Forum videos available on YouTube. Hamvention, had it happened, would have lasted two to three days. Well, now you're able to participate in two highlights of that weekend, held virtually in May, by spending a little more than eight hours on YouTube. Contest University, held May 20th, and many of the Hamvention Forums, held May 21st, are now available. They include the CQ Contest Hall of Fame presentation by John, K1AR, Youth in Contesting by Philip, DK6SP, Contesting from Russia by Willie, UA9BA, and There's Nothing Magic About Propagation by Jose, CT1BOH. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, Aris report there'll be an amateur radio on shuttle, MIA and ISS slow scan TV event from June 21 to 26. Transmissions from the International Space Station will be on 145.800 MHz FM using PD-120. The Aris team will be transmitting slow scan TV images continuously from tomorrow, June 21, until next Saturday, June 26. The images will be related to some of the amateur radio activities that have occurred on the Space Shuttle, Mir Space Station and the International Space Station. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, IOTA, OC-177. BIMBO, YB-3MM will be active as YB-3MM-0 from Virgin Sand Beach on Parry Island, north of the capital of Jakarta, this weekend, June 19th to 20th. QSL via YB-3MM Direct or by the Bureau... But that route, Bimbo says, may take three years. OC021, pre-YB0ECT, will be active from Java Island during the RSGB IOTA contest on the weekend of July 24th to 25th as a single-op, single-band, 20-metre, slash high-power entry. QSL via W2FB only. Again, that's W2FB. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Optics. NASA to test data transfer via laser communications. If you're interested in an alternate communications mode, consider the option that NASA is exploring. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, based at Amateur Radio Newsline, brings us those details here on WIA National News. Welcome to the age of optical communications. This month, NASA is launching the Laser Communications Relay Demonstration, or LCRD, as a payload on a U.S. satellite in geosynchronous orbit some 22,000 miles from Earth. This demonstration will test higher bandwidth transfer using optical communications, which may supplement traditional data transfer using radio. The infrared light used for laser communications differs from radio waves because the laser packs the data into significantly tighter waves, increasing the data throughput 10 to 100 times more than that of radio frequency systems. Laser communication systems are also smaller and way less. The LCRD is expected to use a data rate of 1.2 gigabits per second in its communications with ground stations in California and Hawaii. NASA said on its website that radio technology's limits are being challenged by newer technologies. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. Impressive. At this data rate, one could download a two-hour movie in around 20 seconds. Thanks, Kent. Now on to Worldwide Special Interest Group's QRP and Weak Signal Communication. Up in the Republic of Korea, special event station D-72-1LP is QRV until June 30th, 
to celebrate IARU HF QRP Day. QSL via LOTW. Way back at the 10th IARU Region 3 Conference in 1997 held in Beijing, it was resolved that Region 3 societies helped to promote the IARU objectives for QRP operation, particularly to support QRP operation on June 17 each year to encourage regular participation of QRP articles in national magazines and to provide QRP sections in national contests. A new version of WSJTX, the software suite that includes FT8 and other digital protocols, has introduced a new mode, Q65. According to the release notes, it's designed to accommodate fast-fading signals and paths with Doppler shifts of more than a few hertz. Q65 is one of 11 total modes included in the latest WSJTX package. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. The Salvation Army Team Emergency Radio Network, Saturn, launched a new Saturn International SSB net on June 2nd on 14.325 MHz. Net sessions will take place on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 1600 hours UTC in cooperation with the Hurricane Watch Net, HWN, which has used 14.325 MHz for many years. Just down the band, a splinter group, a net sporting the same Saturn acronym, the Strategic Auxiliary Team Emergency Readiness Net has established itself on the Salvation Army's former frequency of 14.265 MHz. The latter net was organised by Lee Glassman, WA5LEE, a former manager of the original Saturn. The Salvation Army made the distinction clear in its announcement, launching the new SSB net on 20 metres, saying... The new Strategic Auxiliary Team Emergency Readiness Net is not associated with the Salvation Army. At this time, Salvation Army Team Emergency Radio Network is no longer associated with Lee Glassman and does not support his new efforts. This is a breakaway organisation. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ROAR, Rotarians of Amateur Radio. The ROAR annual group meeting has been set for July 31st, 2021 at 1200 Zulu. Please join them for an opportunity to meet, greet and confirm as new RAW President Vernon Redhead, G0EGW. Annual reports on the activities and health of the Fellowship will be presented. All RAW members should note that if you don't already have your Zoom check-in credentials, to email RAW. Worldwide Special Interest Group's VLF, SAQ Grimmerton Transmission on July 4th. The annual transmission event on the Alexanderson Day with the Alexanderson Alternator from 1924 on VLF 17.2 kHz CW with the call sign SAQ is scheduled for Sunday, July the 4th. The Alexander Grimmerton Association is planning to carry out two broadcasts to the world, start up and tuning at 0830 UTC with a transmission of a message at 0900 and again start up and tuning at 11.30 with a transmission of a message at 1200 UTC. Both transmission events can be seen live on the YouTube channel five minutes before start up and tuning. I'm Col, VK3GTV, and I'll catch you with more Worldwide Special Interest Group's news next week. On the social scene, not much happening in Australia this year. VK, right across Australia, get ready, June 26th, Hey, that's only a week away. It's the WIA AGM. All details have been sent to members by Memnet. VK6, it's Perth Tech, October 23. 
and Spark are holding Rosebud Radio Fest again in 2021. It's November 14 and, of course, VK3. Now to the final final. And if you're travelling to the New South Wales ski fields or southern New South Wales this year, this note from Angelo, VK2NWT, is worth taking heed of. The Snowy Mountains Amateur Radio Club would like to advise all those ski bums and visitors heading to the snow that the New South Wales Southeast 2 metre link network provides coverage from Batemans Bay all the way down the coast to northeastern Victoria, as well as up on the Monero starting from Breadbow and all of the towns of the New South Wales Snowy Mountains and Ski Resort areas. The network also provides both IRLP and Echolink access for anyone wishing to call in to the network at any other time. Skiers and visitors in the Perisher Valley can also access the club's 70cm repeater, VK2RLJ, located on top of Mount Perisher and providing coverage to all of the Perisher Valley and surrounding village areas. The club conducts a weekly net on 2 metres every Saturday night at 19.30 hours and we warmly welcome everyone to join in and say hi. Every Sunday, you can listen to the WIA weekly broadcast over the network at 0900 hours and again at 1800 hours, with callbacks taken immediately after the broadcasts. For details of all of the frequencies, repeater locations, node numbers, etc., please visit the club's webpage at www.sierramikealpharomeocharlie.org.au or look us up on QRZ using the club's call sign VK2 Sierra November Oscar. There's no point in just listening in this great communication hobby of ours, so why not call in and have a chat if you're in the area? 73VK2NWT. Thanks, Angelo, and thanks to all for listening and reading and broadcasting this, the weekly news from our WIA. I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.